today, which, um, if you're following on the schedule of Nachyomi, happens to be Tisha B'Av. We read the transitional parak, the uh, parak during which the movement, um, the drama shifts uh, to the favor of the Jewish people. Uh, Perek Vov, chapter 6 of Megillas Esther. Balaila haho, That night, the king couldn't sleep. His, literally, his sleep wandered from him. And sleepless, He asked that the archives, the journal, the history book of his kingdom be brought and indeed, um, it was read to the king. And he found written there, that Mordechai had told, had informed upon these two schemers, Bigsono and Seresh, two of the eunuchs of the king who were guardians of the king's uh, inner chamber that they wished to uh, betray the king so here you have this night which is a, a crucial night the night of the sleepless night of the king and night time is a um, very auspicious time in, in Jewish history. The Medrash Yalkut, the Yalkut Shimoni, says, At four times in Tanakh we have this phrase which we have here in Posuk Aluf. And it came to pass on that night. And all four occurred on the evening of Pesach. Two, during which the miracle was uh, uh, took place through the instruments of the descendants of Leo, and twice in the in the hands of the descendants of Rochel. Lavon and Pashus Vayetze had two daughters, Rochel and Leo. Says the Alkut Shehoyishtei and Shekulazukaso. They were both equal in merit, and therefore their descendants equally took place in the dramas of Jewish history. Makas Bechoros Umapeles Sancherev, Makas Bechoros, and the downfall of Sancherev took place in the hands of Biad Boneho Sholeyo, in the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, in the hands of Chizkiyahu Hamelech the descendants of Leah. Umapeles Midion Vohomon, the downfall of Midion and Homon, took place Biyad Boneho Shel Rochel in the hands of the descendants of Rochel, namely Gidon and of course Mordechai. The Midrashim say that the king was of course naturally very worried, very upset. He really didn't know and couldn't know 
what was in store for him. He was very suspicious of Esther and Haman and what Esther was up to with this second feast. Uh, he was already quite unsettled because of the plotting and scheming of Big Son Voseresh against him. Uh, it's no wonder that he would have difficulty to sleep. But the Medrash says that more than that, again the Yalkut, that it's not only the Melech, the King Achashverosh, who Kaviochel couldn't sleep, but the Rebbe Shlom himself, Kaviochel, couldn't sleep. Rashi already hints at this and says, Vayikatz ki Yoshein Hashem. Posukon Tehillim, Kapitel Ayin Ches. The Rebbe Shlom awoke, like a person awakes from his sleep, Linkom Nikmoso, to spring into action to begin to take his revenge. Rabbi Chama ben Gurion Omer, Kol Baalei Sheino Lo Toamu Sheino Kolosei Halaylo. All the sleepers, of all the sleepers, no one slept that night. Esther didn't sleep. She was busy preparing the Seuda for Haman. Mordechai didn't sleep. He was busy fasting, praying. Haman, of course, he was busy with this 50, 50 foot, 50 amma gallows. At that moment, the Rebbe Shalom said to the angel who is in charge of sleep, there's a special angel in charge of sleep. And the Rebbe Shalom said to this angel, My children are it in great trouble. And this Rosha, Achashverosh, is sleeping. Go and disturb his sleep. And indeed, that of course is what the Malach did. If you look in Rashi, on the Pasuk, Rashi gives two pshotim. Number one, Neishoya. It was a miracle. This sleep, this king seemed to never have had difficulty sleeping before. Suddenly, he can't sleep. It's a miracle. Some say, because Esther had invited Homon and Achashverosh was troubled. What's going on? Are they conspiring? Is there something happening here between Esther and Homon? Maybe Esther is attracted to Homon and the two of them will do him in. Rashi teaches us something very important here. And this is how Rav Bachrach puts it. Notice, Rashi says, on the one hand, Neishoya, it was a miracle. V'yesh Omrim, some say it wasn't a miracle at all. It's to be understood in the simplest of terms. The king can't sleep because he's insecure. Rashi. Here, Rashi teaches us, writes Rav Bachrach, Sheim gam ha-tahalichim shel ha-mu'ura'ot nirim lanu tiviyim vehegyoniyim. Sometimes the natural processes seem absolutely ordinary and rational. The king can't sleep because he's insecure. That doesn't mean that there's no miracle going on behind the scenes. This double, dual level has to be something which guides us in our study of Megillus Esther. Because everything on the surface is natural events, it could happen in any 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 palace, any royal 
uh, uh, entourage. But Hanes Achmistater, the miracle is hidden beneath the surface. And therefore we have to kind of go beneath the circus, <laughs> sorry, beneath the surface and look deeper to see the nais, the miracle, which underlies the natural course of events. And though, so the Posse continues in Posse Gimel. Whatever was done to reward Mordechai for saving my life and for informing on Big Son The king's servants had to respond in truth. Nothing was done. Nothing was done. Now, obviously, Achashverosh knew himself that nothing was done. And therefore, one can look at this question as a, a, a rhetorical question. What was done for Mordechai? Was nothing done for him? Wasn't he given some medal, some reward? The story of Mordechai, of course, reminds Achashverosh. Who told him? Who told Achashverosh about this? It was Esther who conveyed the message from Mordechai. Was anything done to reward Esther? No. Nothing was done to reward her either. In fact, it's almost as if the king had rejected her a bit. A bit. It's already 30 days. It had been 30 days in which the king did not call for Esther until Esther intruded upon him. So this kind of sets the stage not only for a reward for Mordechai, but for a reward for Esther too. And of course, behind it all is Achashverosh's constant wonder. What is the relationship between Mordechai and Esther? Who is this Mordechai? And what connection does he have to Esther? And why did he inform on Big Son Voseresh through Esther and not come directly to me, to the king? These are the things which we must read into the psukim to understand the mentality of Achashverosh at this time. And of course the king is also wondering why on all of all people is Esther inviting Haman? If there's some connection between Esther and Mordechai, perhaps it is, the king must suspect by now, that Esther is related to Mordechai and Esther too is a Yehudi, is a Jew. And if that's the case, why on earth is she inviting Haman to a party? Is she betraying her people? It's no wonder then that the Midrashim say that at this point Achashverosh was very disturbed. The Yalkut. And Achashverosh recalled at this point the whole story of Mordechai's information. Finally he fell asleep. As he was sleeping toward dawn, he had a dream. And in that dream he saw He saw Homan standing above him. And removing the, the royal blankets from him. 
with a sword drawn in his hand. Things were becoming clear to Achashverosh now about who this Haman was and what he could expect to who, from him. And suddenly, there's a noise in the courtyard. And the king asks, who is in the courtyard? And behold, it is Haman who is coming. Now, Haman too cannot enter into the king's um, presence just freely because everyone who enters the king's freely presence without permission is, is a dead man. So therefore, Haman comes to the courtyard, to the outer courtyard, to tell the king to hang Mordechai on the eights which Haman had prepared for Mordechai. The Malbim says it all. Modia tokef hanes. Here we see the miracle. Shelohoyo tivirak hashkochi i. That this was not a natural, natural uh, combination of happenings. This is something very providential, very much the hashkocha of the Ribonish Lolom. Kibioso Horega, at that very moment that the king was full of planning of how am I going to reward this wonderful Mordechai who saved his life, at that very moment, Bohomon Lislosas Mordechai. Homon comes to hang Mordechai. Umisabev hasibos kvarhechinlo kleimoves, the Malbin writes. The cause of all causes, God Himself has set this up in such a way that Haman is literally a dead man. Of course, Haman has no idea of what's going on. As far as he's concerned, he has it made. He has Achashverosh worried. He has Esther on his side. Why should the king have any thought of intervening in any positive way for Mordechai? If anything, the king should be thankful to him, to Haman. Little does Haman know that the king has just had a dream and perhaps it was Haman rustling about in the courtyard that woke him from this dream. And in this dream, Haman is standing above Ahasuerus with a drawn sword ready to kill him. The king's servants tell him, Haman is in the courtyard, and the king, of course, can say, don't let him in, but he says, Yavo, one word, one word. Let him come. Let's see what this uh, intended murderer can do to me. He's no longer afraid. He says, let him come. I'm the king. Let him come. We will do him in one way or the other. Vayovo Homon and Homon came. Vayomelo Hamelech Mala Asos Boisha Sher Hamelech of Bikoro. This is the peak of Homon's success. The king says to him, in Homon's mind, it's the peak of his success. The king says to him, What should be done with someone whom the king wishes to honor? Notice the king doesn't say, Good morning, Homon, Shalom Aleichem, Vos Machstu, nothing like that. The king's first question is, Hey, Haman, what do you think I should do to honor somebody really well? And of course, Haman's response is, in his heart, in his mind, ah, the king sees me, and his first 
his first reaction is, Oh, you're here, Haman. What can be done to honor you? Who else besides me, who better than me, could the king possibly wish to honor? The Roshoyim are under the control of their hearts. The heart of the Rosha dominates him. His intellect, his conscience is not what dominates him. It is his heart, his emotions, his impulses which dominate him. But the righteous know their heart is under their control. It is under the control of their conscience, under the control of their reason, under the control of their ethics and their morals. So so the Medrash says, Look into Hillam capital Yudalid. Omar Novol Bilibo. Look at Esau. Parshas told us. Vayomer Esau Bilibo. Look at Yerovom. Melochem Aleph capital Yudbeis. Kaposuk Kofvo. Vayomer Yerovom Bilibo. All these Rishoim. Vayomer Bilibo. And again here. Vayomer Homon Bilibo. Homon was dominated by his heart, by his passions, by his blind emotions. Avol says to Medrash, Hatsadikim libom birshusam. The righteous, it's quite the contrary. Their passions are under their control. Chano. It doesn't say Chano spoke belibo. It says Vachano hi midaberes al libosh. Muol alef kapitol alef. Daniel. Daniel kapitol alef. Vayosem Doniel al-libo. He was over his heart. David. Vayomer David el-libo. And of course, in that way, they are like the Ribbono Shalom himself. Vayomer Hashem el-libo. God, Chavayochel, is under, controls his passions. His passions don't control him. But Haman, under the control of his passion. In this case, his passion is a blind search for honor and glory so that he's blind to everything and can't imagine that the king would want to honor anyone other than him. So Homon says, Hmm, let me think this over. The king wants to honor somebody, huh? Okay, I've got an idea. Let them bring the royal garment, the royal cloak which the king wore, and the horse which the king rode upon, and a slight hint, the, the crown, the crown, the king's crown. So at first, Taman is thinking, it's, it's him. Right, he's going to be the one that's going to be wearing all these things. So it's him who's going to wear the levush malchus. It's him who's going to ride upon the sus, and it's him who's going to have a shot at the keser malchus berosho, at the crown upon his head. But then Haman thinks it over. Oh, the king, when he'll hear this dream that I have of wearing his crown. Oh, he's, uh, that's really going to disturb him. So in Pasuk Ches, there's mention of the garment, of the horse, and of the crown, but in Pasuk Tes, Haman backtracks. Let the 
garment, the royal cloak, and the horse be given al yad ishmi sorei hamelech into the hands of one of the princes, one of the ministers, hapartemim the the high ministers, v'hilbishu esoish asher hamelech ofeitz bikoro, and let them clothe the man whom the king wishes to honor. And let them ride him, let them put him upon the sus, let them march through the streets, the public square, and they should proclaim, This is what is done to the person whom the king wishes to honor. The Rambam in Hilchas Malochim, Perik Beis Halacha Aleph, and this is based upon a Sifrei, writes, when it comes to the proper way to treat a king, of course he's speaking of a Jewish king, writes, Ein roch al suso, no one else is to ride upon his horse, Ve'ein yoshrim al kiso, no one else is supposed to sit upon his throne, Ve'ein mishtamshin b'sharvito, no one else can use his scepter, Below Bekisro, nor can anyone use his crown. Below Beechod Nikol Kalei Tashmisho, nor any one of the king's garments or utensils. So the very fact that Haman would say, let that this person whom the king wishes to honor use the king's horse, the king's garments, and even the, possibly the king's crown, all of that is the ultimate insult to a king. In Halacha, no one uses the king's garments. No one rides upon the king's horse. And certainly no one wears the king's crown. Interestingly, is the insight here of Horav Bachrach. Horav Bachrach writes, Haman was as crafty as the snake, the primeval snake. Afki ormosolo ondolo befam hasos, although this time his craftiness did not stand him in good stead. But who dimo est atzmolios chochom kidoniel beyondo lefne belshatzar. Haman said, Haman thought of himself, he imagines himself to be as wise as Daniel, as Daniel, standing before the king Belshatzar, who had a dream, and in the dream saw himself being garbed in uh, royal clothing. Daniel too had to do with a, a king who had disturbed sleep and dreams, namely Belshazzar. Or Haman can also be imagining himself, writes Rav Bachrach, Ki Yosef like Yosef, who was standing before another king who couldn't sleep so well, namely Paro, who needed his dreams to be interpreted with Yosef's wisdom. So look back in Bereshis, look back in Pashas Miketz, and you will see what happened to Yosef after he treated the king, his king, Paro, well. He was dressed in linen garments, royal garments, and a special necklace was placed around his neck. He was put upon uh, a very special chariot, a royal chariot. And he was, people proclaimed him in all sorts of glorious titles. So Homan too is thinking, well, 
perhaps I'm like Yosef, and I too will be bedecked and marched through the streets in this grand way. Or Doniel, capital Hay. Badain Omar Belshazzar. Then Belshazzar said, Vahalbishu li Doniel Argevono. Let Doniel be clothed in royal purple, royal scarlet. Vahamnicho didahavo al savore. And let there be a golden necklace around his neck. Vahachrizu aloi. And let them announce dilahave shalit talto bemalchuso. That he should be a ruler. In, in my royal kingdom. So Homan is, is, is looking back in his imagination at the precedents of Doniel and of Yosef, who also had to deal with a king just waking up from his sleep, and who gave him advice and were rewarded by being marched through the streets in great grandeur. And so Homan thinks that that's going to happen to him too. But of course, Ki Posuk Yud is now coming up. Vayomer HaMelech Lahomon, the king said, no, it's not going to happen that way. Not what you think. Take the royal garments and take the horse, as you said. And do precisely what you want to be done to you. Do it to Mordechai. Who? Which Mordechai? The Jew. Which Jew? The Jew who's sitting in the court, in the gates. And do exactly as you, um, you said it. And then the king waits for a moment. And here, of course, we come to the, the the climax, the dramatic climax of the entire Megillah. The theme of the Megillah, as we will come to a posuk later, is Vanahafochu. Everything is topsy turvy. You see it one way, but it soon 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 turns out to be the opposite. Here, Haman, at the very moment he's expecting to be rewarded with this tremendous grandeur, march through the streets in royal clothing, at that moment, topsy-turvy. Olam hafuch, his world turns upside down. And who should do it? You, Haman. Not someone else. Al tapel. Don't you do anything other than exactly what you said. We are reminded of the expression of the Gemorim of Metziyat of Pegimel and Medbeis, Karyono de Igarto Ihu Leheve Parvanka. The person who reads the document, he's the one who should be the agent of the document. The advisor should be the executor. You advise this, you do it. Vayomer Hamelech and the king said, not only do it, but do it quickly. Maher, why quickly? He's got an appointment. They've got a date. They've got to go to the queen. So do this quickly so we can get it done and put it behind us. Vayikach <clears> Homones <throat> Halvushvi 
So Haman had no breda, and he had to do exactly what was to- he was told to do. So he took the garment and took the horse, by Yaldeshes Mordechai, and he put it upon Mordechai. And he led Mordechai through the streets of the city. And Haman himself proclaimed, This is what is done to the man, the man whom the king wishes to honor. And here, the Medrash Rabbah does a beautiful thing. It takes a capital to Hillam, one with which we are quite familiar. The capital to Hillam Lamed, which is Mizmor Shir Hanukkah Sabayis, and shows how that entire capital to Hillam applies to Mordechai and to Esther and to Homon and to the Jewish people and to the Kavayochal himself in the following manner. Kishahoya Mordechai Rochev al Hasus, when Mordechai was riding upon this horse. He started to praise God and said, if you have a Siddha or Tehillimul Kapitel Lamed, would pay to look in the in the Mizmoshir Hanukkah Sabayas, Ladovid. Hashem Kidilisoni. These are the words of Mordechai, says the Medrash. God, I will praise you because you have lifted me up. You did not let my enemies rejoice over me. God, I called upon you and you healed me. God, you raised me up from the grave. You elevated me and made me live instead of descending to the pit. So Mordechai expresses at this moment on the horse, Rochev Alasus, those opening phrases of Tehillim Kapitel Amid. Talmidov What was Mordechai's students saying at that time, at that moment? Continue in the Medrash. And I'm sorry, continue in the Posuk, in the Kapitel Tehillim. Zamul Hashem Chasidov. They celebrate and sing because of their master Mordechai's victory. And what does Haman say? He also says that capital tale. And he says, I thought in my innocence that I'm never going to lose. So Haman also has a chilek in this Mizmor Lamed of Tehillim. And what does Esther say? Esther says, further down the capital, Eilecho Hashem Ekra, God, I called upon you. V'yadonoi Eschanon, I pleaded with you. Mabetz abedomi b'riditeyel shachas. Why, what benefit will you have if I am destroyed? Hayodecha ofor hayagadamitecha. Can dust praise you? And the Jewish people, what do they say? Shema Hashem v'choneni. Hashem haya ozeli. God help me. God heard me. Hofachto mispedilamocholi. God took my lament and changed it into a joyous dance. Pitachto saki. He loosened, undid my sackcloth. Vata azreni simcha. And he girded me with joy. And what does God say? Says the Medrash Rabbah. That's Ruach HaKodesh. The Pasuk continues, Pasuk Bit Yud Beis. 
Hayoshov Mordechai El Shara Melech Mordechai returned to where his headquarters were, to his judicial office, to his Shar Hamelech, to the gate of the king. Vahamon Nitchaf El Beso Oveil Vachafui Rosh, and Haman was pushed back to his house, embarrassed, broken, and just grieved. Yoshev Mordechai, there are two approaches to this. Chazal say, Mordechai went back to his mourning, went back to his sackcloth and fasting. As the Torah Tamima has it, Vayoshev, he returned, he went back to the status quo ante, to where he was before, to mourning, it's not over yet. However, there are other opinions. Al Sheikh writes, Kevon Shero and the Philas Homon Hevin Shebne Yisrael Yivoshu. Mordechai knew at this point that the Jewish people were saved. So he undid his sackcloth. And that's the meaning of Vayoshov. Sheshov Meshivuoso Shenishpa Shaloyatir Hasak Achi Yivoshu. He turned away from his oath never to take off his sackcloth, never to stop praying and fasting until the Jewish people were saved. He knew the Jewish people were saved. And this time he came, El Shar HaMelech. Until now, look in Perek Dalid, Ad Lifnei Shar HaMelech. Now, El Shar HaMelech. Mordechai is back where he has to be. And Haman, Haman is no longer a big shot. Haman is just part of the crowd. The commentary, Manos HaLevi. Rav Shlomo Alkovitz, the author of the Chododi, writes, Haman is now being pushed around in the crowd like any old commoner. Previously, when Haman would walk in the street, in the crowded street, everybody made way for him. Now, now, he was part of the crowd. He was on the subway with like, like everybody else. Elahayu dochafimoso, and people are pushing him around. And now he returns home, and he meets his gang, his wife, and his ohavov. He told them what happened to him. A new group. Until now, it's Zeresh and Ohavov and his friends. Now it's his wise men. There's a transformation here from Ohavov to Chachomov. And they said to him, Oh, you're in trouble. If this Mordechai that you want to hang is indeed a Jew, this Mordechai this Mordechai who you now have begun to fall before, Oh, you're lost. You'll never beat him. But rather, you will go down and down and down the slope. In the words of the Manos Halevi, the Chachamim were not summoned here. They just showed up because they knew now was the time when they had to tell Haman, Haman, you're in big trouble. The most we can do now is offer you our consolation. And perhaps indeed, these Chachomov are the very same people as the Ohavov, 
But now that they saw his downfall, suggests Rav Bachrach, So, since they saw that he was hopelessly lost, they're no longer Ohavov, they are now Chachamov. They are now his wise people who tell him wisely now, all is lost. While they are still speaking with him, last pasuk of Peregvov, while they are still speaking to him, behold, here are the king's eunuchs. Rush, rush, rush. We've got to make the time. Let's bring Haman quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Vayavhilu. And the Maharal in his commentary says, quote, Kol davor shehum in Hashem yisporach. Everyone, everything which is from God, ve'eno mehanhogas ha'olam, it is not simply the way of the world, eno nimshach, it doesn't take a long time. Elo ka'asher hischil lo'atseisel ha'poel, once it starts, yotzei b'mehirus, it happens quickly. As the expression is, Yeshua's Hashem keherefayin. When God springs into action, kaviyochol vayikatz kiyoshein Hashem, then it's all quickly. Vayavhilu. Maharal, kasher hischilot says el hapoel. Once it starts, is the beginning of the gula. Yotzei b'mehirus. The rest of the gula comes very, very quickly indeed. Kain yihirotzon. And so we come to the end of chapter 6.